following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. The Tip of the Cap podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Tip of the Cap podcast. I am Derek Joswiak, and I am incredibly blessed to be joined today by Frank Jagoda, who is the head of player development or in player oh, development. Not the head. Sorry, not, not the head. Not the head. Not okay. the head. My bad. My bad. I can't go. I can't. I can't. I can't stake that claim. <laughs> no, and I, that's that's on me. I I just got a little excited there, but uh, he you. So so, what is your official title? Let's let's start there. Um, well, officially, I, I'm a coach in the, in the Tampa Bay Rays uh, minor league system, um, but, you know, work in player development, um, you know, so uh, I, w- I was brought on right around a year ago, um, you know, by, by the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, and, and my specific responsibility was going to spend a lot of time with our, our uh, lower level players um, in, in spring training, extended spring training, and then, and then go out to our short season uh, affiliates um, and spend time as a bench coach with one of our rookie ball clubs. Um, you know, and, and really, really hone in on, on, you know, our lower level guys and, and our younger players, uh, high school draft picks, uh, guys that are fresh out of college, those types of things. So um, very, uh, very fortunate situation. And, uh, you know, with, with a great organization with great leadership and really, uh, really excited for, for uh, what's to come here moving forward. But, uh, you know, again, uh, thank you for having me on and, and really looking forward to talking shop and talking baseball. Well, like I said, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to have you on and let's, uh, let's start where I start with all my guests. Uh, tell us about yourself, where you're from, where you grew up, uh, where you played growing up and how you got to where you're at now. Sure. Sure. Well, I'm a Western New York native. Um, I went to, uh, Dunkirk high school, graduated 2005 and, uh, you know, born and raised in Western New York. Uh, I am, I am a, a proud member of Bill's mafia. Um, uh, you know, I, I married, uh, I married my wife who, uh, who was also from Chautauqua County, uh, went to Maple Grove High School. And, um, you know, we both, uh, we both grew up here, born and raised. And uh, throughout, you know, my childhood, you know, played in the Buffalo Police Athletic League and Triple ABA and Triple A Muni and, and American Legion and, and, and those types of things. Um, went to University at Buffalo out of high school um, before finishing at, you know, finishing my college degree at Fredonia State. Um, and, and, and played at Gannon University in between that. So um, really, uh, really excited, um, t- really exciting time for Western New York a- as a whole, uh, you know, with everything we have going on with the Bills and, and uh, you know, Seriani getting the Eagles job, but also there's a lot of really positive things with, uh, with Western New York baseball in the area and in the community. And my wife and I recently moved back to Western, uh, Western New York. We were living in the Carolinas for seven years, Florida, for a year buffalo for three years so really we've been we've been gone for almost 10 years from this area and uh we're back and and couldn't be more proud to be to be back home and um looking to give back to the community and, and continue to, to grow the game of baseball awesome now how uh how did you end up getting into the coaching and player development in the in the professional ranks how did take take me through that journey well, man, I don't know if, if you got, if you and your listeners have enough enough time for this. <laughs> I always got time uh, for this stuff, man. 
<laughs> uh, you know, like, like any typical coach, you know, I, I think that there is a few commonalities that every uh, coach has, um, you know, and it's kind of like the willingness to, to move every so often and, and to kind of do whatever. I started as a college coach. Um, I started coaching at Jamestown Community College on, under Anthony Barone, uh, who gave me my start as a, as a young college coach right out of college. I was there for two years. Um, and during those two years, um, you know, I, I worked camps and did a bunch of different things and recruited and, and made connections. And um, the current head coach at Canisius, Matt Mazurik, him and I grew up, played Legion ball uh, together, played triple ABA against each other, uh, always drove up together because he, he was living in, so you know, grew up in Silver Creek. I was in Dunkirk. So we, you know, we'd, you know, meet halfway and go up to the games together. And I, and I have known Maz for, you know, 20 years. And, you know, um, when I was at Jamestown, he, he was the assistant at Canisius and he brought me, brought me into work camps and those things. And then, um, I think coach McCray, Mike McCray, who was the head coach at Canisius at the time, he's now the, uh, pitching coach at, uh, Virginia Commonwealth VCU. Um, I think I just annoyed him enough to where he's like, man, this guy just won't stop bugging me. I, I better give him a job. So, <laughs> um, he brought me on to, uh, to, to be his graduate assistant. Um, I, I was in that role for a year and then slid into the number two assistant um, for, for the 2013 and 14 season. So I was there 12, 13 and 14. Um, you know, very, very fortunate uh, to be there to learn under Mac, to learn alongside Maz, uh, you know, Andrew Russo, who was on staff at the time and, um, you know, a bunch of other guys and a great group of players. We, we, uh, we broke through and, and, and won the, uh, 2013 MAC tournament and, and punched our ticket to the school's first ever NCAA tournament. And then the next year won the regular season uh, MAC championship as well. And, and then uh, from there went on to Wingate university uh, where I was the pitching coach and recruiting coordinator was there for 13 months. And, and then was fortunate enough to get my first head coaching opportunity at the college level. I, I was the head coach named the head coach, uh, assistant athletic director and a full-time professor, believe it or not, at uh, Patrick Henry community college in Virginia. Um, and, and, you know, and then from there, uh, moved on to the Minnesota twins, um, then USA baseball now, now back with the Tampa Bay Rays. So it's a little bit of a, uh, pinball machine, uh, type, type resume. Look, <laughs> it looks a little bit, uh, sporadic, but that's kind of, you know, part of what coaching is, is, is constantly making connections and learning and growing and, um, you know, continuing to, to move forward and, um, so here we are. And, and like I said, I couldn't be more, uh, more proud and, and, and thankful to be with, with such a great organization that, that really has a, a great level of care and feel and tact for their people. And um, it's, it's been awesome. And, you know, like I said, really, really honored and looking forward to, to what's to come. That's awesome, man. I, I've, you know, a lot of the guys that I've talked to that are in the coaching ranks, you know, throughout the couple of years that this podcast has been going, uh, that, that seems to be, like you said, a pretty common thing is just the willingness and ability to kind of bounce around and go where, go where you're needed and wanted. And, you know, eventually over time, it'll work out for you. And that's, you know, that's, that's awesome to hear. And I, I love, I love people's stories of how they got to where they are. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, and you're right. And, you know, if there's any advice I could give to any young coach um, is if you're looking for instant gratification, then you're in the wrong business. You're not going to get it. Um, and some guys are, are luckier or more fortunate than others. And sometimes the timing is right. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't get my first full-time head coaching job until my sixth year. Uh, you know, and so I did it for six years. I'm now in like my 11th or 12th. 
it took me six years, to, you know, five years and then entering my sixth year to get my first full-time coaching job, you know, and in between that, it was working camp after camp after camp just to make ends meet to keep my head above water. It was working at energy curtailment specialists, um, you know, as many hours as I could during the week and, and doing odds and ends for, for Steve Lynch, who owns SPP and just kind of doing just a bunch of different things. Um, you know, I'm very thankful for my relationship with Steve because he was a he was very influential in me being able to chase my dream. Um, you know, he, he kept me working and kept, kept money in my pocket so I could do those things. And, right. you know, summer 2012, I was fortunate enough to, to manage uh, in the NYCBL for the Wellsville Nitros. And, you know, I didn't really, didn't have a big, big coaching budget, didn't have a big assistant budget, brought a buddy on with me, Jordan Bazil, who is now the head coach at Jamestown Community College, where I started uh, coaching my career. And um, at the time, he was the assistant at University at Buffalo, the volunteer there. And I brought him with me. And, you know, our, our general manager was like, yeah, you know, we have nice, you know, we have a nice apartment for you guys and put you coaches up and this and that. Well, lo, lo and behold, we get there day one and our apartment was above a funeral home. And, um, oh, man. You know, so that, <laughs> that's uh, that's part of it. Those are the things that you go through. And, you know, not to not to say that I've done anything different than anyone else, but those are the challenges that that coaches have to face, um, you know, that 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 want to make it. And um, I, 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 I for certain ha haven't made it made it anywhere. There's still a lot of uh, a lot of goals that I have and, and a lot of a lot of a lot of things I need to learn and a lot of places I'd like to get to. But um you know, at the end of the day, it, you, if you're seeking, you know, instant gratification, you're, you're probably in the wrong business. It does take, a, 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 you know, quite the quite the effort to, to do certain things. And, and then the other last piece of that is having family that supports you. My wife, um, my wife has been extremely supportive and, and, you know, without her and her family and then my family support, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, my family has been behind me every step of the way. My wife has been behind me every step of the way. And that's there, there's no there's no shortage of, of tough times, um, you know, as you're trying to navigate the coaching ranks. And I'm, I'm so thankful for her and all she's done. Yeah, and that's huge. You know, and I think I think that's something that gets lost in translation a lot is that support system and how important it is to not just, you know, not not just guys in and around the coaching ranks, but guys, you know, that are trying to make it that are trying to trying to get there, you know, um, and it's, it's real easy to say like, oh, yeah, I'd love to love to live the dream and just play baseball all day. But you know, at some point you got bills to pay, you got stuff, and you know, you know, and having, having people who support you and are there to help along the way is definitely huge. And I think it, it actually may be one thing that can separate, you know, a couple guys here or there is, you know, well, having a good support system makes, makes things possible. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. So uh, interestingly enough, um, you know, to, and to touch on another, Another thing you said there, uh, there, I mean, there's plenty of stories out there of guys having to sleep in their cars, sleep in the coaches offices and stuff like that, just to be an assistant coach. And I mean, and you know, I've, I've heard stories from guys all over the country that, oh, I got, you know, I'm, I'm an assistant coach at this college and well, I'm unpaid. So I'm a part-time groundskeeper at the school. And, um, part of that is I work some overtime picking up the garbage after our games around the stadium and like just insane stuff. So you're putting in the, in the crazy hours to be a coach, because I mean, even just being a high school coach is not just a show up to practice and leave type gig. Um, and I'm, I, I know that it only gets more intense as you go up. Uh, so, you know, just, just hearing that and, and seeing, you know, 
I mean, I'm obviously hearing it first person now, you know, it's, it's definitely something I think that is important for people to hear when they want to go into those ranks, because it's not, it, it's a grind. It's as much fun as it can be. And as much as it's a game that you love, it's a grind. For sure. For sure. And I don't disagree. It's a grind. Um, but what I say when I hear that, or when I, when people talk about the grind, you know, and, and what that means, I kind of say, Hey, it's not a grind if you love it. Um, you know, one of those stories for me, you know, obviously I spoke on living in the funeral home. Yeah, that was, that was some, that was some different <laughs> stuff. That was, that was weird. Let me tell you, um, you know, so, but one of those other stories for me is, you know, when I got hired at Wingate uh, University, you know, my wife got a job in Fayetteville and, you know, we, we moved to North Carolina and she was in Fayetteville and I was hired at Wingate and that's not close on the map. Fayetteville to, to Monroe is like, 80 some miles, one direction. So I commuted five, six, seven days a week um, during the year, you know, 80 some miles one way uh, every day. And, you know, Sundays and this and that. And, you know, there was times where I would have to sleep in the office because let's say I needed to recruit in South Carolina that day, the next day, or I needed to recruit near Charlotte. Um, it just made sense for me at getting, you know, after the 7.30 game to get back to the office around 10 o'clock, put my head down in my office to wake up and then go get the eight o'clock game the next morning, some, you know, on that side of the state or in South Carolina or Georgia, wherever the case was, it just made sense to do that. So, you know, there's, there's definitely those moments. And, um, you know, I don't think those moments stop as you grow. I mean, I, I, I heard a story of an of a NFL offensive coordinator who sleeps in his office four or five days a week. And that's just because he doesn't want to bother his family when he gets home at two, three in the morning and then back up at four in the morning, six in the, you know, five in the morning to get back to work. Um, so I, I don't think those, those ever stop. You know, I could, I could attest to, to that here, you know, at, at the, at the professional level, you know, our, our area scouts, not just with us, but all over baseball, you know, the scouting world is, is like that, you know, drive for hours on end and sleep in cars and do this and do that. And, you know, all, all to go see a player. And if it's a pitcher, he might throw an inning, you know, you never know. And, and so there's just so many, so many stories like that. And, and, and you know, some of it's chasing and chasing a dream, but I'll, you know, part of it is just part of the job. And right. it's uh, sometimes there's moments of, of, you know, head scratching and things like that. But um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you get letters from players or parents or text messages from former players and, and there's some nice, some nice kind words shared and things like that. And, and, you know, that's, those are the moments that hit home and, okay, this is why, this is why we do this. This is why we've kind of put ourselves through this stuff. So, um, but like I said, um, you know, it's part of it and, and, and there's definitely some, some crazy stories and I'm sure there's far more crazy stories out there than what I've shared about living in a funeral home and things like that. But it's, it's definitely part of the, part of the gig and part of the job. And that one's definitely got to be up there with, uh, with <laughs> like the level of weird though. Like, you know, it's, it may, it may not be like, Oh, like, you know, I, I, I lived in a broke down van down by the river, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's definitely got to be weird living above a funeral home. So it was on, um, so, you know, you've been, you've been around the game and you've been around Western New York on and off. You're like starting your, your young life full time. And then, you know, here and there and back again and so on and so forth. And you've, you've seen a lot of change and a lot of growth, uh, the, the way a lot of us have in Western New York. Um, what do you, what do you think is the biggest change that's happened around this area as far as a positive impact on the game of baseball? Well, I think it's, you know, honestly, I think it's the effort um, from a lot of 
Western New York natives that are, that are giving back to the community. Um, and there's, you know, you and I talked a little bit before we, before we started recording here about the amount of indoor facilities that are in the area. When we were coming up, you know, there was, there was none until about ninth or 10th, maybe 11th grade. Now there's, you know, there's several throughout, throughout Western New York and, and specifically Erie County and Niagara County. And, you know, and then of course there's some in Monroe County and I'm, I'm sure they're sprinkled all over the state. Right. Um, yeah. You know, uh, for, for us in Chautauqua County, there's, there's one, it's a really nice one. It's, it's gold star. Um, you know, so the kids in this County have a place to go to or Cataracts County could swing down, you know, and then obviously you have, you know, you have new era park, you have SPP, you have nice, you have, you know, Ronnie Burnick has hot corner. There's, there's a bunch of different things out there. You have, you know, Charlie Karstead has his, has his place. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people, um, in this area that, that are giving back to the game. And the one thing that I think that I could say is there's a lot of people who are doing it the right way. They're not doing it to uh, line their pockets. Of course, there is the business aspect of having to pay your bills and that's your job and those things. But there's a lot of people who are doing it for the greater good of baseball in this area. Um, and it's really awesome to see. And I, I mentioned a few guys, you know, uh, Charlie Karstad and I were, were teammates. You know, we were, you know, played Legion ball together uh, for, for Eden. And you know, we were both, you know, first team all Western New York selections in 05, went to University of Buffalo together. You know, him and I have been friends for a very long time. And, um, you know, what he's doing at his place at FCP um, is, is, is a great thing. And he's got travel teams and he's doing a bunch of those types of things. And then, you know, Ronnie Burnick you know, comes full circle. I coached him for three years at Canisius from 12 to 14. We've won championships together. We've argued with each other. We've cried with each other. You know, we've... <laughs> You know, we've laughed, hugged the whole nine yards. Um, you know, in fact, right to my right, there's a photo right here of, you know, Ronnie getting a second or first base and me giving him a pound that's right here on my wall. And then right next to that in the same frame is us us hosting the MAC championship banner. And he's in that picture, nice. um, you know, and now he has his facility and, you know, he does a really good job of what he's got going on. And he's got some pro guys that are coming through his facility and some high level college players and, um, you know, he's more focused on, on, you know, skill development and, 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 and strength and conditioning and baseball development. And then there's other facilities out there that have travel teams like the nice center and, um, what's going on up there and what Jefferson Mickey does giving back to the area and the, the Niagara Thunderwolves. And, you know, I'm sure I'm missing some and I apologize guys if, if, if I am, but there's, there's just a lot of facilities out there. And then you have guys like, you know, Rick Lancelotti and Joe Hesketh who, you know, played in the big leagues and, and Joe Hesketh and my father were college teammates at UB. And then Joe coached me at UB. And now he's still giving lessons and doing things in the community. It's just a, it's just a really cool, cool thing to see. Um, and there's a lot of people that are out there uh, doing it for the, for the kids, doing it for the, the growth of the game in Western New York. Um, and I, and I think that's the biggest thing. For sure. And, you know, I think you, uh, yeah, I think you touched on something good there. Like, you know, you said, I'm sure there's some I'm, I'm forgetting and I apologize, you know, and, and that's a testament to just the volume, you know, the, the the number of places where, you know, me and you talked earlier before I hit the record button, like you said, you know, uh, we were, like you said, in 10th or 11th grade when the original, you know, it was, it was just called Inferno Baseball back then opened. And before that, the only place even remotely close to it was Lancelotti's place over by the old flea market. And that was what four cages and two mounds. And that was it. And like, it was like it, the only thing that had really happened in there outside of lessons was like their indoor hitting leagues. So like 
you know, then you had the, all these places that added the turf and added the, the infield practices and the, you know, six cages, four mounds, a training area, an infield area and stuff like that. And just, just the number of them that we could sit here and list off 10 and go, I think we might've forgot somebody is impressive. Like that, that's insane. And I think a lot of that kind of tips to the, the, I mean, the number of high school draft picks that have come out of Western New York in the last 10 years. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't remember any when I was growing up, like, because when me and you are about the same age, we're, you know, I'm you're 34, I'm turning 34. And I don't really remember anybody getting drafted out of high school in this area. And now I mean, mean, there's, there's, there's 15 or 20 of them now. Yeah. There's, there's been a good bunch, especially in the last 10 or 15 years. You know, I I think when you and I were growing up and, and out of high school, you know, there was always, there was always a lot of buzz and things like that. I mean, one of the great, greater players when I was growing up was, you know, Jimmy Negridge, you know, and Jim, Jimmy didn't get drafted out of high school. Jimmy went to Pitt. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy played for a long time in minor league baseball. He actually played for the Bisons. I see your shirt there. He, he you know, and played for a, a few different organizations, uh, had a, had a really good minor league baseball career, made it, made it as high as triple a, had numbers, did well. Um, and now he's given back to the game and he's a, he's a scout with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. We were playing at, at Casanova Park one and Jim Negrich hit a ball all the way to Casanova Park two. And the ball was hitting. I'm just playing middle infield. And I just was like, are you kidding me? And, you know, he was a few years older than I was at the time. And it's just like, you know, those memories. And now, you know, Jimmy and I cross paths in the professional ranks, not, not professional baseball, but just in our adult life, just crossing right. ranks. We're still in the game and those things. And, um, you know, and then, and then, you know, you have, and then it, it, it continues to grow. And then, you know, you have Jonah Heim, who was a, a high round draft pick out of high school, um, who, who just made, you know, broke through and made his big league debut this year with the, with the Oakland athletics. And, um, you know, he bounced around to a different, a uh, few different orgs, but, a, you know, really good catch and throw catcher who had, you know, had his opportunity and, and broke through and he did well with it this year. And, um, you know, and then Charlie Karstad, we talked about him and his facility and, you know, he had Dan Dallas come through his program and then he's a, a high round, I think a fifth round pick out of, you know, out of high school. And um, then you had Charlie Mack, you know, when I was with the twins, the twins picked him and I think the sixth or seventh round, um, you know, and then his little brother, Joe is a, is a top level prospect coming through this year. And so it's, it's continuing to, to, you know, grow. And then, you know, Legium Castillo was, it was a draft pick out of Lang. I want to say Lancaster high school. He sure was. I had the pleasure of coaching Um, him for four years. That's right. You know, so not too long ago and he's still playing. And so you're, you're seeing, you're seeing it grow. Um, and I think that's a testament to the, the folks in this area. Like we talked about, who are giving back to the game, you know, giving back to the area when we were growing up, would there have been more draft picks out of high school if there was more developmental opportunities for kids? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Right. The draft is a, is certainly a unique situation, but if there was more developmental opportunities or more opportunities to play baseball, um, would those things have happened more often? And I would venture to say they would. Um, but then there's been some really, really good college players drafted in this area. And, you know, you, Connor Gray from, you know, from St. Bonaventure went to Frewsburg High School. Yep. He pitched all the way up to AAA. He's thrown a perfect game in the minor leagues. He's still playing. 
Um, and then he, Kinesis. He was, a, he, was a, he was actually a guest on the show not too long ago. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's a Chautauqua County native like myself, Western New York native, and, you know, from a small D school at, at, in Frewsburg. And, you know, he's pitched a perfect game in professional baseball. And then, you know, you have the colleges. Um, you know, I think it's very unfortunate and quite frankly, pretty sad that University of Buffalo doesn't have a program anymore. It's pretty disgraceful, to be honest with you. Um, but that is what it is. Um, but they had a bunch of draft picks, you know, when I was playing, you know, Mike Foley and then Zach Anderson and some teammates of mine, and then they continue to produce draft picks and, you know, Niagara's had draft picks, but, you know, and Bonaventure, and then obviously Canisius, who I think has, has, uh, I'm a little biased, but I think they have the best, <laughs> the best program college program in, in the area in regards to, um, one graduating their student athletes two producing pro level players, draft picks and things like that. And then three winning championships and winning games. Um, I think, you know, coach McCray did an unbelievable job turning that program around and um, he's, he's moved on to, to other things. And, and, and Matt Mazurik, who was a player there, then an assistant there. And now the head coach there, he has uh, taken the program and ran with it. And I think what, what that program is doing in this area um, speaks volumes. And it doesn't mean that a kid drafted from Canisius or Niagara is a, necessarily a local kid, but when someone comes to Western New York and spends three or four years in our community and then is drafted out of those schools, it paints a, it paints a really, really cool picture for this area and Western New York baseball as a whole. And, and maybe a, a local kid might think different of, you know, going six, seven hours away to go to school when, excuse me, they could stay local and go to a top level, top flight program like Canisius, um, you know, and, and still have those same opportunities to move forward. Um, you know, so those are the things I think that are happening. And, and, and I think it starts with the guys giving back, you know, like, like we talked about all the opportunities that the, the, the young men, young men and women have in this area to continue to develop their skills in their game. Absolutely. And I mean, you, you look at what the, those, those bit, like, I mean, what all the programs are doing, you know, the, um, and, you know, and trip has pushed for national championships, you know, they, you know, and it's, it's made the other JUCOs in the area step up their game. You know, Niagara last year went down and beat the number four team and or number 14 team in the nation on opening night. Um, you know, when they went down to Florida and beat Florida state, I mean, that's, that, that's huge. You know, that, that, that gets people to go, Hey, wait a minute. You know, I, I remember not so long ago, you, you would bring up playing, you know, playing at Niagara and people would be like, yeah, you'd be better off going to ECC. But that's not the case anymore. You know, they've, they've turned it around and it's, it's grown it's gotten bigger. It's gotten better. And I've, you know, I've got a couple, a couple alumni from Lancaster that are up there uh, with uh, Tommy Bednarski and Max, Max Giordano, who are both just great kids and great athletes. And they're, they're loving it up there. Um, you know, and I, and I think that that speaks volumes that not only are these, are these schools getting guys from outside the area to come here, but they're also keeping top level talent around. I mean, Matt, Max was a four, a five-year varsity starter for me at Lancaster. He's the only eighth grader we've ever had make the team and start. Right. You know, and so, you know, having, having that kid, you know, stay local, stay at Niagara and have success. He was the only true freshman that played every, like he was, he was a true freshman and he was the only guy on the team that started every single game of the season as freshman year. So yeah. I, and that's, that's huge. You know, that that's awesome to hear and see, and you know, it's you know nice, nice to hear. Cause a, it's one of my guys, but it's also, it's a Western New York guy. Right. You know? Um, and that's, well, that's, I, that's fantastic. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's keeping, it's doing everything you can to keep local talent in, in Western New York and where, whatever school they go to. It's good for, it's good for the brand of, of baseball here. And, um, I think that's a testament to the coaches, the head coaches in Western New York that are, are working to keep those guys here. 
Yeah. And you know, and when you, when you look at like when, uh, when UB ended up losing their program and where some of the guys on that roster went, um, I know Charlie Sobereski went somewhere in Pennsylvania. I don't, I, I don't want to say the wrong school, but he went to one of the bigger schools in PA uh, Ben Hafner, who was another Lancaster alum ended up going out down to Sam Houston um, for his fifth year down there. I mean, they, they had guys go around the country to big, big schools because they, you know, and, and Ben, you know, Ben told me his story that, you know, they, they played Sam Houston on their spring break trip down South and, you know, uh, coach Deggs was in, or Deggs, uh, I, again, terrible with last names, apparently, um, <laughs> you know, was impressed with the way he played and stuff. And he, you know, got a shot at his fifth year down at a, a ranked school, you know, and that's again, a, another testament to what's happening in this area and the development, not just for the younger guys, not just for the high school guys, but up to and into the college ranks as well. And you're seeing, you know, these pro guys, I, I see LG all the time on Instagram and, you know, and, and Facebook and stuff three times a day he's hitting and it's at four different facilities. You know, he's at Western York strike zone in the morning. Then he's at the little league facility in Lancaster at night. And, you know, then he's in at sports performance with somebody around three o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, he's just grinding, but you know, it's that that's a pro ball player. You know, there, there was a time that if you were, if, if you were a pro ball player, player from around here, you'd spend your off season, not here because you couldn't get the training you needed. Right. And that, right. that's not the case anymore. Well, and I think too, the other thing to add to that is, you know, LG probably recognizes exactly how difficult that level is. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and we see it all the time at our level, you know, what it takes to play shortstop in the big leagues is not what it takes to play shortstop in college. It's just, you know, there's there's a different there's just a different level of skill that's needed and and you know whether that's you know uh, a better work ethic or whether that's just you know more consistency or or whatever the case is there's 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 just a next level of skill um and i think i think that the kids in this area are learning and 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 being are are starting to be able to kind of you know close the margin a little bit um i think for a long time um you know, kids in this area were overlooked because, you know, when, when, when kids would get to schools, they wouldn't pan out or they wouldn't perform at the level that they did in high school. Um, but I think that gap is shortening. And I think that's, again, it goes back to all the hard work that a lot of people in this community are putting in. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know uh, from the time I graduated high school to, and, you know, through my college years and, you know, breaking into coaching at 19, uh, which I was fortunate enough to do through the guys at New Era and Rich Wozniak over there. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, the, these, these facilities that have these teams, one of the things that they always did was, you know, especially with the, and I can speak personally from the experience over with the original Inferno guys uh, that turned into uh, team New Era was their whole thing was they didn't want kids to, to leave, to go to a good school and come back in a, in a semester or a year because they couldn't handle it. For different reasons and one of the things that those guys saw was that these kids weren't ready to be adults you know they weren't ready to to take care of themselves and say like oh i have to know how to order food or get food i have to know how to do laundry i have to know how to take care of myself as a, as a human being <clears throat> and that was one of the things that they did was when they developed their program they said you know you're going to travel you're going to travel as part of a team mom and dad aren't going to order your meals for you we're going to when we go to get food and we go to a restaurant you have to order and I can tell you, I, I had, I, there were times I had 15 year old kids who it was their first year on our team, first year in our program. What do you mean? I got to order my food. Yeah, dude, take a look at the menu. Just find out what you want. I don't, I don't know what I like. 
what do you mean you don't you're 15 what do you mean you don't know what you like and it just it like it's a testament to the growth and you know you were now 10 10 15 years ago you know these a kid would go to a college five hours away and not be able to manage where now these kids are so incredibly independent. They're like, can I go to college now? Like, uh, can I, 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 I got, I got things to do because they've been doing it since they were 12, 13, 14 years old. And, you know, it, it just, the, the, the growth and the, just the development of not only the games, but the philosophies in this area to get these kids ready to go there and do that. It's yeah, just, not- it's insane. I agree. And I think that's, I think that's happening just nationwide too, not just in Western New York, but just, you know, um, my time with USA baseball, I spent a lot of time with the kids in that age group, 15, 16, 17, 18, and just the maturation process. I'm thinking to myself, man, would I, would I be able to do those things when I was 17, you know, um, not only from the physical standpoint on the field, but just like, you know, how fast kids are growing up these days. So, um, it's pretty, it's a pretty cool thing to see, but, um, you know, again, a little bit of advice or encouragement to people is sometimes, you know, slow it down and, and realize you are 15, 16, 17, and, you know, take time to be a, be a teenager. Yeah. Uh, but there, there is, though, there's a lot of cool things happening in Western New York and um, pretty, pretty exciting times. And, and like I said, really happy my wife and I are back in the area. <laughs> well, I can tell you, uh, I saw, saw some stuff on social media where you were uh, doing, doing some clinics or having some talks with some local teams and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I can tell you that Western New York's happy to have you back because having guys like you in the area is definitely good for the game. Um, and you are one of, we were talking a little bit beforehand, you're one of quite a few guys that are not just, you know, a high school draft pick or, you know, big college, big time college player, stuff like that. You're part of a group of guys that are grown adults that are part of baseball that are, that have made it to a big spot in West New York. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let you take the reins on that one because you know, far more of them than I do. So. Oh, well, you know, and I, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll miss a bunch too, but um, you know, one of my mentors, uh, Mark Tremuda, he's, you know, he's the, now the scouting director for the New York Mets, um, you know, Fredonia, Fredonia, New York native and went to St. Bonaventure was drafted out of St. Bonaventure played, uh, played some pro ball for a bit and then got into scouting. He's been doing it for almost 25, 30 years as a professional scout. And like I said, he's, he's risen the ranks and is now the scouting director for the Mets and has been for the last five or six years, I, I want to say. Um, but again, he's a mentor of mine. He's someone I stay in touch with all the time. We always chat baseball and um, you know, he, he lives in Fredonia and then, you know, you have, you know, you know, Fran Reardon, who is, you know, the AAA manager for the Oakland A's. I, I think he still lives in the area. I'm not 100% certain of that, but he's a Buffalo, New York native. And, you know, there, there's others out there. There's, you know, there's scouts. There's, you know, there's some executives and things like that. You know, you have uh, Dan Lanetta, who's an executive with the Tigers. He, he's from Jamestown, uh, still has a house here on the lake. And, you know, there's there's a bunch of things like that that are out there. And, you know, I think, I think what, it, you know, it kind of just goes to um, – you know, some of it's happenstance, some of it's, you know, being in the right place at the right time, but also some of it is just, you know, kind of digging in and, and just following your dream, following your passion. And, you know, a lot of people from this area get overlooked for, for many reasons, whether it's, you know, the weather or whether it's, you know, the talent around them isn't as, as, as good. So you don't really think that that's going to project out or whatever the case is, um, you know, but in all the guys I just mentioned, and, and those guys have certainly um, carved their own path, 
you know, the one thing I've taken from them, them is they've always done it the right way. They've been respectful. Um, you know, they've been helpful to those, you know, younger than them. And, and like, you know, Tram, like I said, is a, is a mentor of mine. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't owe me a single thing, but he always picks up a phone. If I have a question, he's been very influential to me in my career. Um, and, you know, couldn't be more thankful for that. And he didn't have, he doesn't owe me that, you know? Um, and, and, and so I think that's kind of where it starts. So when you, you know, I, I you said you saw that I was doing some clinics and, and talking to some teams and stuff, you know, when I'm asked to come up and do those things, you know, provided I could fit it into my schedule, I, I want to make every effort to do so. I, I'm actually going tomorrow to Gold Star. I know I mentioned that earlier on the, on the podcast, but I'm going there tomorrow night to see some kids, see some players and um, those things. And I think like, you know, for me, I, I look at it, I look at it this way, like, who am I to, to turn something like that down? Uh, you know, I've, this, this area um, kind of helped build me to, to be who I am. And if I could say something to a hundred kids, if one kid takes something from it, then I think that that's a, that's a win situation. Um, and so that's kind of the way I, I look at it. And, and then also too, I love I love getting out and kind of sharing my story and, and sharing some things that I've seen or done um, because there is a lot of people out there. I get I get asked questions like that all the time, like man, how do I get into coaching? How do I do this? And how do I do that? And I'll say, well, you ready? Because you're gonna have a long haul or a long path ahead of you. Um, it's not just instant gratification, like we said, and we're always you know searching and, and grabbing for um, you know something different, something you know success and things like that, um, but you know, the people in this area, like I said, there's a bunch. I know I named a few. I named Fran and Tram and Dan Lanetta and a couple other guys like that and their scouts and, and things like that. But, um, you know, and I'm sure there's more, but, you know, I, I think, I think it's just a testament to, you know, those guys kind of paving the way and, you know, just kind of always being, you know, you know, Dan Lanetta, for example, in 2011, I went down to Detroit Tiger Spring Training as a guest and Dan and, and another local guy, uh, George Carlo, Dr. George Carlo, who worked, you know, worked with the Tigers at the time, you know, they took me in for, for a week and, and those things. And, um, you know, they didn't have to do that, you know, but right. there are two local guys who helped another local guy. And I just got to see things and I got to see how you act in the clubhouse. I got to see how to approach certain I certain things and you know they didn't need they didn't need to do that and um you know so there's there's just a lot of those experiences but you know the biggest thing that I tell players I tell coaches is just always just just be respectful and you know be confident you know understand that you put your your pants on the same way somebody else does um you know understand you're there for a reason there for a purpose but you know be respectful respect the game respect those around you um you never know uh who's who's going to be in a position to hire you or fire you someday, to be honest with you. And, uh, right. you know, I think that's a, uh, that's a thing that, you know, when I say that people are like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, you get to the, you get to a level, there's, there's a, there's an inherited risk um, that you take as well, you know? And so you have to treat people with respect every, every turn. And um, that's my biggest, you know, advice when I talk to, talk to players, talk to, talk to coaches, talk to parents, whatever the case is. Now being in the, uh, in the realm of player development as you are um if you had a high school kid that came to you and said i really want to step my game up you know i i what's what's the one thing that i should work on and what's the one thing i can do to be better regardless of my position regardless of my talent level if, if there was a kid who asked you for just a a 
I don't want to say a blanket statement. Obviously, I don't want to say a quick fix, but what's what's the let's say the easiest thing a kid can do to make himself better? That's a, that's a tough question because I, I I will give you one answer, but I'll I will also preface that by saying I think that there is no cookie cutter approach to player development. I think that player development, especially today, is very uh, individualized, and I think it should be. You know, these organizations spend millions of dollars on players. Why would you teach every player the same? You know, someone has talent that, you know, talent that kind of said, hey, we're going to pay him three and a half million dollars out of high school. So why would we why would we teach that player the same as someone who made, you know, ten thousand dollars as a senior sign? Not saying that one player is more important than the other, but someone has a three and a half million dollar skill set and someone doesn't. And so how do we how do we get them on the same page in their development plan? How do we, how do we get the most out of the, out of that, out of each guy? And, and so I don't think it's a blanketed answer um, because I think player development is so individualized and it should be. And I think that's the best way to kind of tap into your talent and, and, and grow your organization or grow your team or grow your um, you know, grow your ability. Um, but the one thing I would say is that if I was just going to pick one thing is I would in this area it's a little it's a little tougher because you don't get to play as much as being down south but I would still focus on just overall strength and conditioning um, and just kind of skill acquisition um, you know I, I actually had a call with a, a player last night and we talked about I was a younger player a 15 year old kid and um, you know we were talking quite a bit about things and I said well do you play any other sports and you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get in this grand old debate on, you know, play multiple sports or specialize in one. I'm not going to get in that debate because we could open a whole nother can of worms and have a whole nother conversation. Um, but I, but I will say that, you know, in this area, it's tough because you don't play enough baseball. How do you develop skills? Well, yeah, it's going to facilities, it's doing those things, but there's other skills that are needed. And so do you, can you accomplish those and, and obtain those skills by playing other sports? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I would focus more on skill development um, and, and overall strength and conditioning. Cause I think that will kind of take your game off game in different directions. That's uh, that's great to hear. I am currently working with a young man who I actually had that exact conversation with was like, Hey, do you do other sports? Do you play other sports? And, you know, his dad looked at me, he's like, well, we tried football, but he got his bell rung a couple of times. We're not a big, we don't want him, you know, having scrambled eggs up there by the time he's 20. And, you know, then, uh, you know, he, he tried soccer, but he wasn't a big fan of it. And I said, well, you know, one of the things that I see as, you know, as, as a coach and trying to get him to a, another level is he's got to be able to, he's got to be more athletic and the kid's a talented little ball player, but there's certain things that you look in, you know, when you tell him to do something athletically, he kind of trips over his own two feet. And I'm like, you know, listen, man, like there's, you know, you can focus on baseball and there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, at some point you got to learn how to move and control your body in a little bit different way that, you know, will translate to this game and help you out. And the kid kind of looked at me like, yeah, but I, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to play other sports. And I'm like, I, I understand. Like, I, I know you want to be a baseball guy, but sometimes, you know, you either need to, to, to play another sport to get that athletic that, you know, just build that athleticism or find a way to do that without playing another sport, which means going to see an athletic training specialist. So, you know, AAU basketball or $60 an hour, pick one. <laughs> like, right. Well, and I think that's the thing, like it doesn't need to be an organized sport either. Right. 
you know, like I played, I mean, my senior year of high school, I you know, it was football, basketball, indoor track and baseball all at, you know, in the same year, my junior year, it was football, baseball, basketball, hockey. So like, I, you know, I played hockey all through my junior year of high school. So like I played, you know, and it was, it was always something. And I, and I wonder like, did I, should I have dropped one of those and focused maybe more on baseball during that time? And maybe because I played enough sports to kind of gain that skill acquisition and those things, but it was fun. And I was 17 and I had pride for my school and pride for my community. And I didn't, you know what I mean? So, you know, like I tell kids all the time, you know, one of these stories that, you know, and I'm obviously not going to say names or anything like that, but there's a player I had uh, with USA baseball and the kid was just pressing hard, stressed out and you could just see it. And, and I said, Hey, where, where'd you, you know, before you were here at our event, where were you? Well, I was, I was in Atlanta, you know, and, you know, how long were you there for? Well, you know, my parents were under a house. I was there for like 40 straight days playing on this tournament, this team, that tournament, this team, that. And so he was there for like a month. And then he went from straight to Atlanta to our stuff. And I said, what was the last time you played a video game? He's like, I haven't. You know, when was, like, when was the last time you went outside and threw a rock through a window and had to like run away from like the neighbors or like, <laughs> you know, when was the last time you got in trouble as a kid, you know, and I'm not advocating for violence or tr I'm not saying that folks, let's, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is like, you know, when you're 14, 15, 16 years old, your body's developing, you know, you need, you need to develop, you know, uh, you need to develop skills, you know, that are outside of, you know, you know, just, just baseball. I think there's so many parallels to playing other sports. You know, we look at, look at every single athlete. There's so many like, you know, common movements or common positions that you get to or, or movement patterns or whatever the case is um, that you get to on, a, on, on any athletic field or rink or court or whatever the case is that translate. And so I think when, you know, we get buried into just doing one thing all the time, you know, yeah, we develop muscle memory. Yeah. We develop, you know, some feel and some skill and things like that, which are all important. So we need to, we need to do those things, but we need to have, we need to focus on being a kid as well. And um, that's the biggest thing I think, you know, for kids in this area is, you know, yeah, I do think going to, you know, the indoor facilities and taking lessons and those things are important. Um, but I also think, you know, if, you do too much of that, or you just solely focus on that and stop doing other things. I think that there could, that could at some point work against you. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I think, I think there's a, it's a, it's a pretty big debate, not only just in Western Europe, but in, in high school sports in general. Um, but I do think there's value to, to doing something, at least one other thing, you know, where you're able to, to build different skills. And sometimes as leadership skills, sometimes as mental toughness, sometimes it's just overall physicality. Uh, yeah. sometimes that's, you know, desire, heart, determination, teamwork, you know, being a good teammate, those things. I think, you know, sometimes you could get, you could get those from doing some other things. And I, th I think that's an amazing message to get out to, to really anybody who listens to this is just, you know, there's different ways to grow as long as you keep growing, you know, and right. like, I, I mean, I, and I'm, I remember, and I'm, I'm sure you can, you know, attest to this too. I mean, when, when I was a kid, it was, you know, street hockey in, in the driveway or at the park and then, you know, basketball. And I, I am terrible at basketball, but I would still play it. Um, you know, not so much anymore, but <laughs> you know, like we, we used to do home run derbies at the local park, you know, and you know, for my buddies that didn't still play, it was with, you know, a, 
a, a tennis ball, a small barrel bat, and we were on a little league field to make it a little bit tougher and stuff like that. And, you know, right. just different ways to go out and just have fun and compete and all of those, sure. all those things, you know, end up translating to actually playing the organized sport you want to play. And I, I think that's, that's a great message to get out to, like, like I said, everybody at this point. Um, right. And, and, you know, one other thing too, we talked about coaches having to do some things to, to make, to make it. And, and again, you know, um, there's a lot of different coaching stories out there, but I think the same goes for players too, right? There's not, <clears throat> if you think that you're just going to go to high school practice, any sport you play and then just go home and then just be good enough. That's just not the case, you know? So sometimes it might take, you know, basketball practice and then, you know, some weekend hitting sessions at, at the facility. That's okay. Yeah. And, and, and it takes that, but if it's, you know, just basketball and then you don't pick up a baseball glove until just baseball season. And then in the summer you put it down because it's football time. And then in the winter you put everything down because it's, you know, then that's, that could be where, you know, you, you might not develop those skills. So sometimes you have to work a little bit harder, especially in this area because of the weather and because of different things. Um, but it just takes being creative and, and there, there is a certain dedication and will and that's needed. And, you know, for those that are, that are, less fortunate, there's always ways out there. There's always ways to get better. Um, you need, you need, you need yourself and you need, you need your mind. And if you could do those things and you could understand that you could always find ways to grow. Um, you know, right now a buzzword is growth mindset. Well, what does that really mean? I can read all the books I want. I could listen to all the books I want, but unless, and I could take all the notes I want, but unless I apply those things or I learn something that fits for me and then I'm able to apply it to what I do, then does it matter or is it just eyewash? You know, there's, there's a level of that as well. Um, you know, and I think, I think that's the, you know, that's the biggest thing right now. And I think we've all dealt with that with the pandemic of there's been a lot of time on a lot of people's hands and we haven't been able to do nearly as much as we wanted. And so everyone kind of finds find themselves in this weird space where, you know, you have to, you have to develop a filter and, you know, what is going to work for me? And, you know, I think that goes with kids and their development as well. Absolutely. So I, uh, looking through my notes here, that's about all I have. If this is usually the point where I kind of leave it up to my guest, uh, anything <laughs> else you want to say, any shout outs, any hi, how are you any other message you want to get out there? Anything, this is your time. Go. Well, you put, you put me on the spot with shout outs and that's hi, my job. My job. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, again, I can't thank you enough for having me on. Um, you know, Western New York kind of means a lot to me. Um, you know, when my wife and I made the decision to come back, I think, I think we there was a, a level of uh, relief. And, and, you know, like I said, we've been gone for 10 years, and we're really happy to be back in the area. And I, I look forward to uh, continuing to develop relationships in the, in the community and, and giving back to the game whenever and wherever I can. Um, you know, and to, to the kids, the kids out there in this area, you know, there's always, there's always someone who's watching. And I think, um, you know, I think if, if you have a goal, um, I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but, you know, put your head down and go get it. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions and, and always be respectful and mindful along the way. And to the coaches out there that, you know, that are, are curious on, on certain things, development or whatever the case is, just understand that, you know, it's about the player. It's not about you. And um, when you focus on the player and you focus on their growth, uh, you know, the other things will take care of themselves. So um, again, I, I couldn't be more thankful for our time and uh, really look forward to, to staying in touch and, and getting back involved in the area and in, in the community. And like I said, it's near and dear to my heart. So um, 
really looking forward to it. And I guess I'll say go Griffs and go Bills. Gotta love it. Thanks for coming on, man. I had a lot of fun. All right. I appreciate you, man. We'll see you.